Good morning. It's good to be with you again as we continue our time in James together. As we uh, continue the conversation we started um, Friday about faith and works. We spent some time on Friday unpacking that great verse where it says, uh, you believe that God is one, you do well, the demons believe. Talking about how faith for James is not simply intellectual agreement or intellectual assent towards a group of doctrines or even historic or true statements. But for James, um, faith is a transformed life. It's a life that is lived being submitted to the will of Jesus Christ. So that's where I think it's important to, and we're going to talk about this today, the difference for James and Paul when it comes to faith, because we're going to talk today about faith and works and what that means for James versus what that means for Paul. But you have to understand that James is speaking of what faith should look like. He's not speaking of works alone, but he's talking about faith in context of the works. So let's, um, I want, we're going to spend, like I said, today and probably even tomorrow um, unpacking this passage. So let's read James 2 again, James 2, 14 through uh, 26. For what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If your brother or sister is naked, and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill. And yet you do not supply their bodily need. What good is that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. If you believe that God, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe. And shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was it not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. The scripture was fulfilled when it says, Abraham believed God and was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that by a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? So as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. So we're gonna we're gonna talk next uh, talk tomorrow about eighteen through twenty six about uh, that last verse is the key to me for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. We're gonna talk about what that means um, tomorrow. So we'll we'll look at eighteen through twenty six tomorrow, but today I want to focus on uh, fourteen through seventeen where he says this, and, and the key to me is um, where he says, uh, if one of you sees a brother or sister naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and you do not supply their bodily needs, of what good is that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. That's a, that's a key passage to me, and a, and a key thing to, to think about and, and a concept to ponder. Um, and this is, Something we see, I think, with evangelism, uh, missions. Uh, there's a debate when teams do mission trips. Should they do tend to the medical, physical needs of a person, or should it simply be evangelical? Um, you know, is our goal only to preach the gospel and not to worry about physical needs? Um, is our job only to to get people saved, for lack of a better word, or should we as Christians have some compulsion, some 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 driving force, to tend not just to the spiritual needs of individuals, but to tend to their physical needs? And I think, y'all, I, I just I just think, when we read the Bible, the answer to that question is overwhelmingly the call to tend not just to the spirit, 
but to tend to the body. Because think of how often in Scripture Jesus says he heals. He brings, restores uh, sight. He, he heals the leper. He takes care of the physical needs. He tells us in Matthew 10 that as we've done, uh, that um, that uh, even a cup of cold water given in his name will not lose its reward, this physical act of giving water. We see Matthew 25, as we've done to the least of these, so we've done unto him. And today we see, which which of you that sees a, a brother or sister naked? Um, lacking food. It says them, go in peace, be warm and eat your fill. So if you do not supply the bodily needs, of what good is that? We see this notion here that we as Christians are called to take care of the body as well. And that our, our, our command, yes, is to preach the gospel without a doubt. Without a doubt, preach the gospel. There is no name, there is no other name by which heaven, under heaven, by which men shall be saved. And that name is Jesus Christ. Um, no one comes to the Father but to the Son. We have a biblical mandate and a biblical command to preach the gospel. In season and out of season. Preach it at all times. But I think part of our preaching the gospel is also on how we love our neighbor. And, and let's be clear here. He's speaking about brothers and sisters. He's not just talking about lost folk. He's talking about brothers and sisters in, in, in the church. Brothers and sisters in Christ. That our faith must call us to take care of those that are in need. Our faith, our faith calls us to clothe and, and feed and care and things such as that. Um, it's hard to receive Christ if you're hungry. And I think for me, I think this is, you know, this is just so much where it hits the road for me. It's so easy for us to stay with our faith in, in an intellectual bubble. You know, back in the medieval periods, that's a, there's that old um, caricature of the theologians who were trying to theorize how many angels you could fit on the pen of a needle because they were theorizing how big or small angels were in our world. It's so easy to spend times on the theoretical and on the things that um, can be intellectually stimulating or intellectually amusing. It's so easy to spend our, our, our faith and our time on, on those things. It really is. Clothing the, the naked isn't always fun. Feeding the hungry isn't always fun. But we see here with James that that is how our faith shows itself. And I think as Christians in our world today, and in a world where you read every statistical measurement, church attendance, those who believe in, 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 in Jesus, religious inheritance, all these things, when you, when you read every quantifiable measurement we see, people are growing less religious. In the old days, um, the chart was you go raise kids in church, they go to college, they get married, they get married, they have kids, they get have kids, they come back to church. That was always the trend line. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. That when our kids leave the church, they don't always, they don't always come back. And that's just people in the house of faith. Let's not even talk about what's happening outside the house of faith or people that are lost even being attracted to our to our message. And 
I think sometimes there's a great quote, Brenny Manning, the old uh, amazing Christian writer wrote the Ragamuffin from Gospel, said, the great single cause of atheism is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but deny him with their lives. And that is what an unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. The test of our faith, y'all, and I think the way we bring the world back to Jesus, it isn't just going to be acknowledging him with our lips on Sunday morning. And it isn't going to be just acknowledging Jesus by bumper stickers on our cars or by music choices on our radio or by podcasts that we listen to or by videos we share, we watch or, or things we share on Facebook. It's important to acknowledge Jesus with our lips. But y'all, if the world, I believe this y'all, I believe this. The world saw us acknowledge Jesus with our lives. Clothing the naked and feeding the hungry, caring, loving, serving, being the presence of Christ in an angry, hostile world. If the world saw us do that, I truly believe the power of Christ can change the world and save the world and reconcile the world back to the Father. Y'all, I, I believe that. I really, really believe that. I think our world needs us now as Christians now more than ever to live out this beautiful message of James. So let's not get so busy with our task or so busy with our stuff that we got to do or whatever we're doing that we don't take time to look for our brother or sister who may be naked or hungry or alone not care for them. Y'all, I, I believe we can do it. I believe we can glorify Jesus with our lips, glorify him with our lives. And when we do that, I think we change the world. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Uh, I hope you are moved by this time together and that uh, you uh, are inspired to go out and live for your Savior. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll pick up tomorrow. We'll finish out this section of James chapter two tomorrow. So thanks, thanks. See you in the morning. Have a great day.